0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. We are in the midst of the next phase, I would say of the digital revolution. And it is one that is much more about people and what people are able to do with it rather than the stuff that has helped stir things up and get us here. And somebody who's been with us for a few years and always offers terrific perspectives on sort of both the human side of things, you know, what is the leadership potential? Where do we wanna send our efforts and our energy? is uh, Christian Anschutz, who is a former CIO, CDO, entrepreneur, uh, adventurer, author, professor, and no longer active captain in the United States Marine Corps. Christian, welcome. It's always good to see you.
1: It's always good to be here. It's always good to see you as well.
0: That list of activities, Christian, you got to, you know,
1: are you staying busy these days? Yeah. Well, you, you know, you left off builders. So I just finished building uh, a couple houses. And when I say building, I mean, you know, actually, you know, building the houses and, uh, and then did you say farmer, you know, they are doing this high tech lavender farming yeah. here. So uh, yeah, it's a, uh, life is busy, but it is uh, it's rich. And uh, I'm very, uh, very blessed in many dimensions.
0: Wow. Oh, That's wonderful. See, I know. Um, Was it a couple years ago, a few years ago, what I called you cuddly. And you know, the, the, the lavender farming the building this is all you know a guy uh you know showing all sides of himself i think that's wonderful and uh it sounded like you know that the uh, heavens might be opening up on you there krishna Are you in the middle of a a severe storm
1: yeah we're having a a great storm up here which is you know welcome uh maybe not right now if it interrupts our you know the thunder interrupts our dialogue but uh You know, it was just a handful of weeks ago, we had a very large forest fire. made national news here in northern Michigan. It got to within less than two miles of our farm uh, here, and uh, it was kind of a a little bit of a nerve-wracking situation. I was all geared up. I had the tractor. I was going to start bulldozing, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, trees and whatnot to to widen the fire breaks, but uh, fortunately nothing happened like that. But the good news is, the good news is, is that we got rain, and so while it's accompanied by lightning and thunder now, it's welcome nonetheless.
0: All right. All right. Well, Christian, you know, I know we were going to chat about a few different things today. And <clears throat> one of the things I wanted to ask you about, and again, in light of, you know, the from the the forest fires to the big rain, helping out in there, things, uh, the, the pendulum swings these days from one side to the other. I want to ask you in the midst of all the things that are going on these days, personally, professionally, in the country, outside the country, um what has all this done, you know, to your sense of optimism? You know, one of the reasons I enjoy your company so much and your ideas is you're not some starry eyed sort of goofball optimist about everything, but you always feel that, um, you know, people have the opportunity. We have the choice to make things better. And I just wonder if you talk a little bit about that, what do you see going on these days and why do you feel either arrow up or arrow down?
1: Well, that's funny. You said, I'm not that starry-eyed goofball person. I, I, you know what, I would agree. I'm not starry-eyed, but I can be a goofball. I mean, just think about all the, the wide range of things that I I, I get myself involved in. Um, you know, folks, we we create our own optimism. The The, the world is gonna spin, you know, in, in whatever direction it's, you know, we're gonna spin and we're gonna, the, the, the politics will be the politics and societal trends will be the societal trends. And we can believe we can uh, influence them. And sometimes, in fact, we can. Um, but, you know, the, in, in in reality, we, we kind of have to focus on what's important to us and execute against those things. And, you know, it, it, and I'm kind of digressing. i almost starting to ramble right out of the gate, you know, with all the discussion around like the wide variety of things uh, that I'm involved in uh, and that so many of us are, you know, it's only been through age that I've actually come to understand how valuable these many different uh, activities are to me being successful in each and every one of them. You know, there used to be, we used to have what we call renaissance people, right? That uh, on one day they were architecting a beautiful building and the next thing you know painting the ceiling of a chapel that still lasts today and, uh, and maybe inventing you know watches or clocks at the same time uh, you know and this is this is long this is hundreds of years ago and um, and it's only over time that at least I have almost slow study so maybe a goofball is apl- uh, totally applicable uh, that the my activity in you know high-tech lavender farming, is actually helping my consulting business. And it's actually grown my understanding of like how to do ag better and ag tech, et cetera, et cetera, and, and vice versa. And that fuels uh, our ability to, to have a more productive uh, farm, et cetera. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for um, I'm, I'm grateful for my curiosity that allows me to go in and out of those places. And, uh, and I'm, I'm grateful for the optimism that I think I find uh, because of, my ability to satisfy that curiosity. It's unique to me. And I, and I, again, I'm blessed in many ways, but you know, for all of us, we make our own optimism or we make our own pessimism. I would suggest that we choose wisely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've uh, long believed in this line that uh, all limitations are self-imposed. And to me, I think that's, you know, reflects on some of the things you said, get involved in different things, try different things and, keep the open mind to how success activity uh, adventures in one place really help, you know, just, I think make us more mentally prepared to see things in different ways, do things in different ways and not be afraid to, you know, cut across some lines, uh, you know, try something that's nutty, crazy. And, you know, people say, what are you doing that for? Why are you wasting your time on this? You know, uh, I, I, I just, I think that's a, that's a tough outlook to have in life, you know, to be limited by things instead of being more open to, you know, all the amazing things that come up. I know for me, Christian, and this is uh, probably still some time off for you, but the the, the entry into uh, being a grandparent, holy crap, has that changed my outlook on things. And there have been some scary moments, but I would say the overwhelming experience has been just uh, incredible, eye-opening and Leads that optimism. So, having introduced this idea of next generations, if you had any uh, opportunity now to young person, say finishing high school, getting ready, either moving into college or from college into the workforce, what are some areas that you feel? What would what advice would you give them about? Hey, you know, you got to go make some money somewhere. This or that, but here's what I think you. You know, if I could give you two pieces of advice, here's what it would be.
1: Uh, I might give just two. I'll stick to two. I could do Three, more. Four. One I've actually already uh, talked about, and uh, it, it doesn't necessarily come natural to everybody uh, to the extent that maybe they want, but we all have it. And we should all nurture it. We were all born with it. And that is Curiosity. We should embrace our curiosity. We should satisfy our curiosity. We should feel uh, free to explore, to experience, to learn, and to understand. And and, and that is about people. That is about ideas. That is about practices. That is about processes. That is about businesses. It's about relationships. It's about love. It's about having maybe grandchildren, as you just said. Mm -hmm. We have to be... We should embrace our curiosity and never, ever, ever, um, you know, be ashamed of it or to try and squelch it and then kind of going hand in hand with that. And it, it, I'm going back to something you just said where somebody might go to you and say, Bob, you know, what, why are you doing that crazy thing or doing that? Well, that leads to first a quote and then the other recommendation. This is the quote and I'm sadly, I'm going to butcher it. I'm sure, but it's, 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 it's a, it's a Bezos quote. And he said, you know, for God's sakes, if you don't want to be misunderstood, don't do anything new. <laughs> and I love that quote because it leads to the recommendation. Uh, we need to find and develop the muscle of courage in our lives. We, in this society in particular, and maybe now more than ever, I don't know if this for true, but it, it feels this way to me. It seems like the predominant, Emotion in our society isn't love. It's not care or kindness towards our fellow person or our family or even ourselves. It's fear. And it, it it's fear that stops us from satisfying our curiosity. It's fear that stops us from building that business. It's fear from us taking that chance. It's fear that makes the CEOs and the leadership of our, of our companies suffer so much from short-termitis. It, it is fear that is the ultimate inhibitor Uh, in terms of our ability to grow and experience this thing that we call life. And so the the two pieces of advice, if I were talking to your two new grandchildren, it would be embrace that curiosity, nurture it, and learn to love it. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is is develop the muscle of courage. Not foolishness, but courage. The ability to understand uh, that maybe being a little bit different Uh, comes with a little weight and not being in any way afraid of that, shall we say, that burden or that resistance.
0: Yeah. And Christian, I'm sorry if I'm uh, misattributing this here, but I believe that, you know, one of the things you've talked about as a, you're from your time in the Marine Corps, being a captain, there's everybody experiences fear and courage is perhaps it's not the absence of fear, but it's what do you do in cases like that so that the fear doesn't control you. Instead, you understand it and figure out how to deal with it. Is that is that anything close
1: to accurate? Not close. It's precisely accurate. I mean, you know, the, I I didn't say don't have fear. I right. said have courage. We all have. Look, folks, I mean, you know, I, I, I've been accused of like, you know, people like, oh, do you you know, are you ever afraid of stuff? I'm, I, hell, I'm terrified of stuff. I am. I'm terrified. You know what I hate? You know, and especially given this, what we're doing, and other things that I've, I've done, and, and, candidly had to do. I hate public speaking. It is the number one fear in the United States, maybe worldwide, but certainly in the United States. I have it. I also hate heights. You know, and, uh, and the first one, I have to, I talk in front of people, and, and it takes courage to do it because i don't I, I i i actually get fearful does it make me weak oh well, maybe someone will think so I, I i i don't worry about that um do i hate heights yeah but did i also have to jump out of aircraft yeah i did was i scared to death sometimes doing both yeah maybe if i had to give a presentation while falling from an aircraft that might overcome my ability to uh have courage but uh, to date um you know i i think i find courage in most cases where i need it um but you know, again, that's something I've had to develop over time. It doesn't necessarily come natural, and that's why I say build that muscle because fear is ever present. We're humans. It's kind of natural. At least for me. I mean, maybe someone listening here has no fear. and you know, God bless if that's the case. Um, I know I have it, and sometimes I have it way more than I, I I think I can handle.
0: But I wonder if sometimes too, it's the the two things you put together, confidence and courage, the absence of confidence or of curiosity sort of keeps us always on the known path and maybe there's less chances to run into things that could, you know, make us a little uneasy, anywhere from uneasy to fearful, to scared to death. Uh, So, yeah, I think those, those uh, weave together beautifully there, Christian, over the years, we're going to call uncle Christian in to, you know, refresh those lessons to
1: Louisa and Rory. Yeah. Uncle Christian, don't make me feel old here. I fear that. (laughs) <laughs> no, we have to go there then. We've confronted,
0: confronted. Oh, um, I, I'll tell one, uh, it sticks out in my head, but this is one of a lot of my gut from my mom. Uh, so I was eight and a half or nine years old. And, um, in the time where I grew up, that's the age, you know, when you could tr- go out and play try out for little league. And I just assumed, cause all of my older brothers played and, uh, that you know you went and you're automatically on a team and I was talking to one of my friends said no it's not automatic you got to go try out and I said what is that and he said I don't know but it's something you have to do so that evening um, I was in the kitchen It's a rare time it was just my mom and me in the kitchen she was making dinner and uh, you know by that time I nine years old I would played thousands and thousands of games of baseball and wiffle ball and you know other but I went over and I said mom bill said that before I can play little league I have to do this thing called tryouts what what is a tryout and she said okay well there's more kids who would like to play than there are spots on the team so everybody goes together and you you play some games and show your skills and you you try to be one of the people who gets picked on the team that's what a tryout is and said there's usually about 200 kids who want to play and 100 who can make it so you know that's how it goes I said, okay. I said, what if I'm one of the kids who doesn't make it? And I remember she was over behind the stove stirring something. she put the spoon down and walked around and got real close to me. And she patted me on the head and said, then don't come home. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've told people that story. They said, oh, my God, that's child abuse. Oh, how did you overcome that? And, but I just remember at the time, I think what she was saying was don't get you know, all don't let yourself get all jacked up about stuff that isn't worth it. You know, you're going to be fine here. And I think, uh, you know, she was saying there's there might be some things to worry about in the world. This isn't one of them. Go have fun. Don't worry about not making it. Try to focus your thoughts on you're going to be the, one of the people who does. So uh, that was a long, long time ago, uh, almost 60 years ago when she said that. But it's I think about that all the time. And um, I just feel bad sometimes for people who get caught up in the fear because it it eliminates opportunities for them to dive into other things or to think about other things and to experience that richness and what you talked about a few minutes ago, the moments that live with us forever. I don't like that one with my mom. So, yeah, Krishna, that's a that's fascinating, fascinating point.
1: Well, and 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 the reality is, there's is multiple aspects of fear, but there's two at least that I'll focus on now, and, and you're, you're kind of hitting on them. One is that we're afraid, you know, do can I measure up? Can I do the thing? Will I be good at it? Will I uh, will be a good investment of in my time? There's all sorts of, and those are all, by the way, reasonable questions, but that not necessarily the things that we shouldn't be able to overcome. Like, so again, be fearful if you if you, if that's a thing about. Uh, public speaking. Well, I'd be good at it. Well, I impress, etc. But that leads to the second fear, which is actually the more profound one, which is, what are other people going to think? <laughs> like, if I go up there and I bomb, uh, and my line on the presentation, are they going to look at me? Are they going to point and laugh? Look, it is so deeply embedded in us to have those fears. They're they're completely uh, normal and natural. They're also it's completely utterly irrational for us to allow those fears to dictate the things we get into and, and, and choose not to get into by fear alone. Now maybe there's good reason that I shouldn't become a ballerina. Like I you know I, I, I fear that I would stink at it. In fact I'll take that a step further. I know I would be terrible at it. Uh and uh you know would people point and laugh I, absolutely in fact so much so i probably wouldn't fear to do it because it would be more of a parody uh, and therefore more funny but anyway I, I digress um you know but sometimes the fear is real but we shouldn't let it dictate uh our, our behavior and 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 sadly uh we often do because there's nothing and that's the bezos quote by the way yeah that uh the thing where like if if i go in this direction and people don't understand it You know what are they going to think of me and i'm fearful of what other people are going to think and maybe it's just because i'm getting slightly older no maybe it's because i'm getting slightly older i i I still care and i still have fear about what people think i would be a liar to say otherwise i would i'd just be a flat-out liar but i don't weigh it as heavily and and that's it allows that muscle, what muscle I do have, in that courage, just that easier to flex over the fear. So there's also there's a there's an aspect of courage which is also kind of like having a reasonable amount of fear, so that however much courage you have, you can apply to it and, and be successful where where it's warranted or a good idea. But we should, again, I, I think, and and we talk so much about businesses and our own personal development here, but just to apply this to business. You know, there's nothing, nothing that kills that new venture, that new exploration, or even building the capability to find the next future for a company than the fear of that's not what we do. What if we're not successful? Uh, What if this uses money and we miss our numbers on the short term? you know, it's, it's, it's fear. Why wasn't I invited to the table? Why didn't I get an opinion on whether we should do that? Why this, this, that those are all fear based positions. And so the other thing I guess we might add here is that, uh, our courage needs to extend, um, looking past the fear of others. Yes. As
0: well. Yes. You know, um, Christian, not too far afield from the Bezos quote that you've shared, which is terrific. Larry Ellison, at different times, has said variations of, uh, "He said if people are not calling you crazy, you're not innovating aggressively enough." Right? You know, to you, you need to get out there into that. You know, that uh, was it the the uh, the path less chosen or something like that in un unfamiliar road terms.
1: less traveled.
0: Road less travel. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Yeah, the uh to into that unfamiliar territory, right? And as chances, you know, it's going to be dry and dangerous and full of bugs and spiders, but it also might be rich and wonderful and something that, you know, just lights up all sorts of things inside you. So I I I have hope that um, Christian, that this the business cycle in some ways. Uh, that's going on today where businesses have to change and innovate and adapt more quickly I believe than they've ever had to before because consumers have the power not saying I want things this way not that way and I want you know how I buy it where I buy it when I buy it what I pay for it, you know all of that they want to have control of it I I'm hoping that that is going to lead to some sort of breakdown in the ossification of some org structures or the way companies think about things, their cultures, their risk aversion, and so on. And again, that might be the goofball optimist in me coming out. But I do think this is going to be one of those ways in which leaders have to evolve, not just to perfect the way that companies done things in the past, but to get out into that road less traveled and create the new ways that companies operate and there are going to be some people who say, well, that's dumb. And, you know, why did they do that? Doesn't he or she think that's going to look bad on his or her resume? Blah, 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 blah. But, boy, you want to let fear be a stifler, man. This is the time when that is going to be a bad choice.
1: Oh, you know, that that that's so true. I mean, so we just briefly touched on you. you got to have the courage to overcome the fear to say, yes, 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 we can explore that. Yes, we can take a risk here, an educated a, a smart risk, you know, not uh, five years and five billion dollars, but maybe you know five months and you know uh, fifty thousand dollars. All depending on the scale and the nature of the operation. We got to say yes, and have the courage to say yes to finding new things, new opportunities, new markets, new customer segments, etc. But here's the kicker: we also have the courage to say have to say no a lot more too. Mm-hmm. And this is the part where we really stink at it, because to say yes to something. You kind of have to say no to something. It's like the one in one out rule, and companies hate saying no. This is why governance is is almost non-existent, and even some of the very biggest companies, and at least in this country, is because absent a good co- cohesive strategy and a unified purpose, it turns into politics. Mm-hmm so, I mean, how many of us have been in those companies where, you know, they're distributing? Listeners, ask if you've ever been part of this organization. You're part of this organization now. A company is giving a raise, a merit increase, and everybody gets 3%, 5%, whatever. But everybody gets kind of the same amount. And then you look at it and you're like, well, but it's my business units that's making all the money. And they're actually a drag on the profitability. And is that fair? Well, a lot of people look past this. But from a corporation's governance, from its focus on what it takes to be successful, unless that losing business, that losing activity, is somehow additive to the totality of what the customer segment is demanding, which most often it's not, um, you should be saying no to that business. Mm -hmm. You should be getting, you should be dispensing of it, giving it, uh, selling it. What I mean, giving, you know, selling it to somebody else that can make a real go of it. The point of it is we don't say no enough either. So we have to say yes to the new opportunities and have the courage uh, to try new things while simultaneously having the courage to say no to stuff that we just keep doing that just isn't working for us. And and in our own personal lives, it's no to, you know, having ice cream every night at 10 o'clock. You know, I have to say no to that. I want it. I love ice cream. I just (laughs) read an article, by the way, that ice cream is on the decline in the United States. And I am doing everything in my personal power (laughs) to write those numbers. Uh, But sometimes even then I have to say no to that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Hey, uh, Christian,
0: if given the list of things you're involved in now, and it is it's a wonderful wonderful varied and exciting and you know very different list of the, all these things i know this might be a goofy question but if you could place yourself in the time capsule so knock some years off your your age and you were 18 again what would you what would you want to jump
1: into if i was 18 again that's how this is boy this is a stumper of a question I, I, I live, a, I've lived a life where I fortunately, and this might be the the nature of my life or just the sort of the stupidity of the person, God. but I, I don't know that I have a lot of regret. So I don't know that I would change my path so much. I would, though, bring some of the wisdom that I've acquired over the years, a little bit more to bear, though, in the pursuit of that path. So for example, I still would have served my country and joined the Marine Corps. I wouldn't have changed that. I would have loved to have been able to find a a, a better balance of being able to, you know, continue my uh, reserve duty after active duty or continue my active duty and do other stuff. But I would have still wanted to do other stuff. And so I, I don't know if I could have really changed that course, but I would have been mind- more mindful of it. But if I had done other stuff, I still would have gone into technology. Mm-hmm. Yet one of the biggest things that I would do differently is I would bring this idea that technology is the servant, it's not the master. We are terrible about this in our lives and our business now. We are allowing technology to be the master. And by the way, that's what all this fear fear mongering is about AI going to destroy the world and that, and you know, all this other, in my opinion, complete utter nonsense, um, that's just fear talking. But I, I, it does speak to the fact that as a society, we've put technology far too much in charge of our lives. And I would have been more mindful of thinking about technology as being more additive to our lives, where human remains the master over the technology. And I didn't always do that. And I think some of the paths I took were suboptimized because of a, a lack of considering the human condition first. And then I certainly would have still, you know, diversified my um. I would have followed my varied interest into as I said, you know, whether it's construction farming uh the, I'm starting different companies etc. I still would have done those things. Um but just with a slightly maybe significantly different perspective.
0: yeah, uh Well, Christian, it just seemed like a, a good time here midsummer catch up on some issues uh, great and small. Um I think you're blend of experiences, but it's the outlook, right? Uh right. You can sit back and sort of let life happen to you, or you can go create the things you want to do and and that uh you know light things up. I just think that is so important culturally for individuals today and organizations, right? Because this is not the same old thing where companies can write seven year plans and you know five years into it hey we're right on target. You know, nothing outside has changed and we're plodding along here boom boom and you know we'll make this. It's it's a fast changing world with incredible opportunities. Uh, I I celebrate the optimism you've shared because I think that's that's the best way for all of us to live and try things and do things and get out there. So thank you, buddy, for uh, you know as always being open to this and some of my wide open ended questions. You 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 jump right in on them uh, and and pull up some very very interesting perspectives.
1: Well, I, you know, I don't know that they're interesting. I think that they're ours, but I, I will say this. I mean, I enjoy the conversations because they're exploratory. And if anybody listens to us or listens to, you know, you and they expect that you have to follow up some line and. You know why would that be? I mean, these are supposed to be open-ended questions. They are supposed to be maybe to some extent meandering. They're not always going to be profound. I mean, you can't do that all the time. Uh, Maybe you can. uh, Like I can probably never do it ever. But uh, you know that said, uh, I enjoy these conversations, and I would just uh, uh, end with a a couple things uh, to think about, if I may. Just again, something I read, uh, which I thought was interesting, is that you know there's so much. angst in the workplace about, you know, the, the, the big quit to the, you know, the quiet resignation, whatever. And, you know, uh, there's labor woes and then everybody looks at the executives who who I am personally often very, very uh, critical of. Um, But I want to say that, you know, as, as we've in our organizations and we're, we're feeling uncomfortable in our relative role, I, I would say the research is pretty clear. Our, our leaders are feeling uncomfortable too. Mm -hmm. and I, I say that because it's it's a human condition and as humans maybe one of the best things we can do is is find the courage to help make other people feel better about wherever it is that they're in life and maybe maybe we then have to exercise a little curiosity together to figure out how we do that as a collective but we all the collective aside, we all have a responsibility. I think, or we all have an ability. Maybe not a responsibility. We all have the ability to impact others. And I think if we can be a little less focused on ourselves and think about how to improve the condition for others, we can make actually courage something that is as contagious as I don't know, courtesy. Yes. But with all that said, Bob, I always enjoy our conversations. Thank you so much for uh, chatting with me, uh, and thank you for welcoming me on uh, to your platform.
0: Oh, Christian, my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, it's it's a treat. Uh, I get to talk to smart people and somebody actually pays me for it. So, you know, I, I get the double bonus. Um, it's been good. Thanks a lot, Christian. Always good to see you. And uh, whatever the rest of the day, the week holds for you across your multiple endeavors, I hope it's a blast and hope summer's going really, really well for you and your family. You as well. All right. And folks, thanks. The very same to you out there. I hope it's the best summer ever, uh, full of adventures and different things to explore. And maybe we'll all find some additional uh, clumps of that courage that Christian talked about. Thanks again for being with us. See you next time.
1: Thank you, brother. That was outstanding. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. You didn't mention BMC.
0: Oh, BMC dropped off um, nine months ago or so.
1: Was yeah. it that long? Oh, I, I mean, I, I could have said nine. I,
0: I'm well, not well, good was in
1: some house? <clears throat> Wasn't there another sponsor you would have mentioned, or am I just completely out of date? I might be out of date. No, sometimes on the Cloud
0: Wars Minute Things I do, I say this episode is brought to you by, but no, on the podcast, it was BMC, and we they were on for almost two years, so. That was nice, but uh, yeah, they've had <laughs> yeah, like the Oracle back up. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. Uh, we're we're going to be doing some stuff a little later this year with Oracle around Cloud World and all. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so we've got this great guy who's the head of our sales organization, Dave Colford. Terrific guy. He's a really really smart, fun guy. He was uh, he was into mixed martial arts and at one point early in his career and mike tyson's career he boxed mike tyson and he's still alive to talk about it so
1: still alive all right so this was a yeah. uh, uh <laughs> he was either really tough or he got him later in the season yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: not sure but christian thanks i'm going to talk to wendy see if we can block out some time to see if that works for you and michelle and uh come up and see the uh the compound there and all the great cool things you got
1: going Yes, and you, I, I guarantee you'd have a good time and it would be, you know, no cost getaway. I mean, it, the drive isn't even that long for crying out loud. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Right. Sounds great. Have a good one, Christian. Thanks a lot. Be well, I'll talk to you soon.
0: All right, my friend, bye-bye.